0: Hello, and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 79. Today, I have Lore with me. Hi, Lore. How are you doing? Hello. I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Anyway, before we jump into the show, let me get the station news out of the way. If you want to visit your... Sorry. If you want to visit my website, please feel free to do so at Hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F. Dot org if you had any questions or concerns for the show you can send those to hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com and i do always appreciate any email that i get i got some email recently which was some really good feedback so i'm always excited when that happens i do like feedback um otherwise i want to mention subscribe to the rss feed you can do that from hugenhoff org. just go to the podcast section and there's an rss feed there we are only a monthly show and that's probably going to stay the same for a long time it's easy to forget to go out there and download it every time so if you just put the rss feed into your podcast player of choice it will download automatically uh last thing i wanted to mention that lore still
1: has a multitude of books you can purchase lore, do you want to tell people where See, I'm having a hard time because I want to make a joke like, no, I don't. They all went away. What are you talking about? I never wrote anything, but I <laughs> do have some. I'm sorry, guys. If you care enough to give me some money to purchase some of my books, you can go to Amazon and search for Stephen Oaks in their, uh, I guess, ebook section. You'll find me. And yeah, uh, my recommendation from the book that you should read currently is Walk On which is kind of a time travel, university twisting kind of story that I enjoyed writing. Though, another one will come eventually.
0: And I only have one book, but you can still buy it. It's called Lightbringer. You can search Lightbringer Byron Rogers on Amazon and buy it. It really has nothing to do with Ossetru, but I'm still going to mention it. I don't know. I guess some of the... Philosophies, and there could be similar. Anywho, we are going to talk about Yule today because, as you know, it is Yule. So this podcast is probably going to go out the first of the month, so Yule would have just ended. Um, but I still wanted to take a moment to talk about Yule, some of the traditions we do, um, and going into the first of the year, which everybody's going into the first of the year. So, so it'd be a a good time to start uh so i guess we'll just start with traditions that we do in yule of course the way we celebrate yule a lot of other people also do it this way but i don't think there's like a right way and a wrong way but the way we celebrate yule is it lasts for 12 days so it starts 12 days before the end of the year and the first day is mother's night and the last night the last day is 12th night and mother's night is sort of traditionally when you exchange gifts and stuff like that and mother's night is when you might make new year's resolutions basically but ones that you actually keep uh so one of the traditions that i really like is the idea of exchanging gifts like i did it with my kids this year we had a lot of family stuff going on and everything else but we had a night all to ourselves when it's just me and the kids and my wife obviously and we exchange gifts that day because that's a tradition that has been around forever. If you read the lore, there's a lot of exchanging gifts. It does happen on Yule because our ancestors celebrated Yule as well. It also happens throughout the year. You will visit someone you haven't seen for a long time and you'll exchange gifts. But the idea of exchanging gifts to solidify like your Friendship and connection to other people is sort of really big in our history. So I think that's a really cool thing to do. Do you have stuff to say about uh, gift traditions and stuff, Lore?
1: Uh, Honestly, I don't give out too many gifts. uh, Only to significant others, generally speaking. And uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: That's usually what I do too. I mean, I give gifts to my wife, obviously, and then my kids, obviously. Um I think as you get older, and especially if you have kids, but even if you don't, as you get older, there is so only so much money to go around. I already have to do Yule shopping for my wife and two kids, and you know my sister, for example, has to do Yule shopping for her her husband and two kids. So if like my sister and I were still to exchange gifts. That kind of starts getting really expensive. So well,
1: when I was still, you know <laughs> doing the family tradition with my very large family, the adults would uh, draw a card with someone's name on it. So they would exchange a gift with one of other adult family member instead of having to give everybody a gift. And that was the only way we could get around that and that's a good idea i think a lot of people are doing that
0: i know my sister's does something similar with her family because it's starting to get really big um they do a thing where i think they just started this year where they draw a name from a hat and exchange it with just the one person which i mean is is which is still good i suppose um I don't even like doing that, really, because what if you get the name of someone and like they're related to you, but you don't know them that well? I don't know. Maybe that's an argument that you should know your family better. But
1: well, see, that wasn't a problem with mine because we'd hang out with this large family of four brothers with all their children and all their wives, and and and, like every week. Oh, wow, that's cool. It was it was a lot.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Um, I like my family, obviously, and I talk to them and everything, but my dad's side, there were seven brother and s- brothers and sisters, my dad being the oldest, and then they all had kids, and then their kids had kids, and most of them were in the same state with the exception of one. But it was just, it w- it was hard to find time to go visit them all. So, sometimes the gift exchange would be difficult because you're like, I, I basically know what kind of person this is, but we're not like super good friends, so do I just get a gift card because those this feel is, so impersonal? This is why
1: Facebook is such a great thing. You can yeah. connect to people who aren't even near you and then you can send the money through Facebook. Oh, that's right. And everything will be
0: Facebook great. go through Facebook shopping and Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) I should have thought of that. Um, Yeah, I think a gift exchange with drawing names is probably good. Uh, It does still solidify those family bonds. Um, My big focus is always my immediate family, though, I guess, wife and kids. Those are really the important ones for me. I'd rather I'd rather spend money on them, and I'd rather, like, my sister, for example. I could buy her a good gift because it's my sister and I know her very well. But honestly, I'd rather spend the money on my own kids, and also I'd rather her spend her money on her kids rather than me. Because right. she'd probably get me something good, but I'd rather that money go to her kids so that she can get them something extra cool because... I understand that money
1: gets stretched on the holiday seasons. Um, well, and and friends are a thing these days, too. You go over yes. to a, a holiday gathering with friends, and me and my friends, which includes you, yeah. we don't generally give gifts, and no. one person in particular, they just never give gifts for any reason throughout the year for even their birthdays or anybody else's. Yeah. That's just not their thing. And that just kind of permeated the whole, I guess, gift-giving thing for us, Yeah, where we don't give gifts. We just hang out, and that's gift enough for me.
0: <laughs> for me, too. Yeah, um... I guess there's an argument that we should give more gifts because it is nice to get gifts from PayPal, but.
1: It's also expensive and the economy is. is not great because the buying power of 2009 you'd have for 40 hours in today's society is 47 workday hours. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about now, but okay. Uh, I'm uh. just saying that it takes 47 hour workweek in on average versus a 40 hour work week in 2009.
0: Oh, I did not I did not know that. Well, there you go. Just so random again, facts. Sorry. Good, good to have random facts. Um, I, I think it's a balancing act. You don't want to give no gifts at all, ever. That would be rather rude. Um, but you have to decide, like, who you're going to give gifts and what you're giving. To my family, what I've started doing is just writing them letters. So they still know that I care about them because I write them letters. But... Obviously, sending a letter is like what thirty-two cents or something well, instead of on a the gift.
1: Type of Letter you're writing, the kind on paper. Well, no, I mean it depends. Like, are you being friendly and nice, or are you saying I hate you and why am I doing <laughs> this to myself? <laughs>
0: yes.
1: I send them nice letters. I oh. guess I should have clarified. But I send I them send nice letters, letters too. But I, I chop off, you know, I get like a newspaper and I chop it up <laughs> a little bit and I paste it together. Okay. You know. Different kind of letter. Those oh, are not okay. good
0: gifts. <laughs> I'm talking about a handwritten letter because i very, well, that's not entirely true. In this day and age, we do a lot less handwriting than we used to and it's mm. I, I like the idea of writing something by hand and being like look I cared enough
1: about you to write something by hand I feel uh, like a letter uh, is I better than where, an email are you sure because you you know I know you have a hobby and uh it kind of goes into the area of writing yeah it's true it so. could be a little self-serving <laughs> I'm just um, practicing my handwriting guys yeah
0: yeah i i do so everybody knows what Laura's talking about i like fountain pens and i i like writing with them and i've been making an effort to improve my handwriting so that that does correlate to when i started writing letters to my family but correlation is not causation no actually in this case it totally is yeah not necessarily (laughs) but in this case it totally is it is kind of a hobby of mine. I like writing and I like writing letters out by hand. But I do feel like they're personal too, so well, that's kind of what I'm doing for my family. And, and,
1: and what you're doing is actually making something by hand. It is writing. It's not yeah. like a piece of wood that you will, but it is something that you're doing yourself making. You're not buying a card and just signing the inside, which, you right. know, on one hand, it's, <laughs> it's fun to find the right card to give to somebody but on the it other is. hand it's it's not as personal as a handwritten
0: letter yeah yeah I think so and it's just something to say like oh, hey people I care about you and here's a little token of that and I think that's the important part of gifts is just something to say like I care about you as a person I'm giving you this because I want you to be happy and to enjoy it so overall i think it's actually a good tradition to have to exchange gifts now and then and you can argue like well why are you doing it at yule why don't you do it in july like why yule and i think yule is more a reminder and it gets into new year's resolutions which i'll get to later but yule is a kind of a nice reminder be like hey these people are important to you have you said that to them lately and you like a nice reminder to be like well why don't you buy them something nice why don't you buy them something that they would like and make sure and why don't you make sure that they know that you appreciate them it it should be every day that you appreciate them but this is just an extra reminder to be like yeah make sure that you let this person know that you appreciate them
1: well i know you and i have talked about this before but if we can go back even further and say what may have been the origin of this gift exchange and why we're all being very close to family and friends Mm -hmm. might stem from the fact that well winter is here and people would gather together during the winter to you know share uh resources Mm -hmm you know they didn't have it and, and one of the ways is to give gifts to the hosts and the guests because that exchange shows that you are in a partnership now you appreciate them and you're going to be spending months together and it's yeah it can be a difficult time well yeah that's another thing that uh i'm
0: glad you brought up because i wanted to mention when we do travel you know we might drive a couple hours to see our family members and that seems like a big deal today but really we're, we're not usually even spending the night with the other person and and if we do maybe it's one night maybe for some people two nights i doubt anybody's spending three or four days with their family members when they're going to visit them
1: are you inviting me over
0: um. No. Oh. Well, actually, when you come over, you can spend the night, and I'd suggest it because it's on New Year's. So I got to work the next day. Do you really? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. On the first. That's yeah. ridiculous. Thanks. I mean, I guess it's good you're getting hours, but
1: yeah, it'll be another twelve hour a day. I'm sure.
0: Oh, jeez, that sucks. Um. Anyway, and no, not the topic of the podcast, I guess, <laughs> but that does suck. Um. But it used to be that people would travel for multiple days to reach the people that they were spending fuel with, and they might stay at this other person's house for like a month or two months. Because, you know, like you said, it's wintertime, there's not a lot that you can do, you can't go out trading or raiding because it's the middle of winter you can't tend to your crops because it's the middle of winter and it's just naturally a time when the only thing you really have to do is reflect and spend time with the people that you love so it's it it, it was in a lot of ways a bigger deal because in today's society we're less affected by the seasons and the sense we can still get work done even in the winter really there's not a huge difference between the winter and the summer if you're in most careers you know if you're in construction or gardening or something like that it would be different but for most careers if you're a programmer or an accountant or whatever the difference between summer and winter is not actually significant because you're doing all your work inside anyway um but you back are- in the day it was <laughs> i i rarely go outside to code i've feel like the sun would just glare off my computer and it'd be bad Um, but back in the day i think there is a big difference between like this is the productive working part of the year and this is the more reflective part of the year and (laughs) yule is naturally that reflective part of the year so it's a really good time or it was a really good time for our ancestors to be like let's focus on family let's talk let's celebrate let's enjoy each other's company because
1: there's nothing better to do. And
0: that well, that has the wrong connotation. But you know what I mean.
1: Well, I mean, even now, while work may not uh, change because you are working inside, there is part of us that does change. Uh, a lot of people like to go outside during the spring, summer, and fall. Yeah. In winter, some people still do it. But it's not the same experience. Like, everything is dead or hibernating. Yeah. And while I do a good... I do enjoy a good walk in the winter because it's very quiet and I love that. It's it's not the same as walking through a park or the woods or anything uh, in the winter versus the summer.
0: Yeah, it is still very different.
1: Um, and that quietness yeah. is another layer of reflection because while I get reflective when I go walking in the summer, it's quiet. It's barren in the winter and it's
0: – I love it. Yeah yeah even though maybe our jobs can be done in winter or summer the world is still changing around us and i think it's good to take note of that and and it seems as if the world itself becomes more reflective in the winter because this is not the time to grow and and get things done it's the time for things to hibernate and rest So you can kind of feel that when you go out, take a walk, or or even if you're inside and you're like looking out at a pretty snowy afternoon, then it's got that like quiet reflectiveness. So I think this is just kind of a natural time to be more reflective in general. Um, And I like the idea, somebody explained to me that, you know, there's 12 days of Yule or there's 12 days of Yule, and you can sort of correspond that to the 12 months in the year because uh i was having this conversation earlier and they were like well, why do you need 12 days to reflect can't you just like do all your reflecting in one day and i was like yeah i guess you could but it's sort of nice to spread it out you had a whole year a lot of things happened in this year that we've just been through and it's it's nice to spend 12 days reflecting on and thinking about what you've accomplished this year and maybe what you want to accomplish the next year. And I just like that connection between like 12 days and 12 months.
1: Well, and the fact that it starts at the darkest time too, which is really cool. Yeah. 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 I, I like
0: that too, but winter's a weird one though. I mean, when you think of the solstice, I guess it is. <sighs> you've you've got the darkest night and then after that the nights will progressively get shorter and the days will progressively get longer so if you think about it intellectually that way after solstice you're sort of you're sort of on like the upward swing so it's very optimistic but also january and february seem like the most depressing months because they're just (laughs) so dark even though things are getting better it just seems like those are the most depressing months because everything's dark and everything just seems dead. So there's well, an inner
1: stain. I can tell you. I can tell you though, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me because I don't see the sunlight generally ever. It's well, great. that's true. <laughs> that's true. That is I, your hey, unique if you just, job. If if you don't want to feel that winter depression, just do it all year.
0: Exactly. It'll be summer
1: depression too. It's great.
0: <laughs> mm, I don't know if that's the best advice, but uh it's advice. <laughs> I'll give it that. Um yeah, I think winter's interesting because you or I mean the solstice in particular is interesting because really the idea of it is very positive. The days are going to start getting longer. Summer is ultimately starting to come back now, but there's so much waiting that it it's also kind of mixed with being depressed and like earlier you know you're talking about october and november and even december you've got so much to look forward to because like yule is coming and then new year's which i've always liked new year's spending time with family and stuff like that but then january february what happens in january and february nothing no, no it's just holidays
1: a, yeah I work I, I like working it's, the holidays <laughs> i know because you probably get
0: like do you get holiday pay probably oh
1: yeah not. oh and nice ho- okay See there pay. you go and if, if I time it right, overtime plus holiday pay, which is amazing. See, that would be really nice.
0: Um, for the rest of us, we get those holidays off, which is also nice. But yet there's just nothing in January and February. There's nothing to look forward to. It seems very depressing. Anyway, uh, I'm a I bigger fan I, of I, summer.
1: I, I, I disagree. Simply because, okay. like I was saying, I, I very much enjoy the snow. Because it muffles so much noise. And yeah. since I sleep during the day, it's an amazing acoustic muffler. And I get a nice sleep in as opposed to maybe the two or three hours of sleep. I can try to echo out each day and <laughs> hopefully okay. get a nap
0: over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's definitely advantages. Overall, it just seems like everything's so dad. I don't really like it. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It's a giant blanket of white death. Winter winter has never been my favorite season. I've never liked the winter. Mostly because I don't like the cold. I really don't handle cold well. Have you um, ever
1: made a snowman?
0: I have made a snowman. Have you made one with your children? I have, actually. Okay, good, good, good. It was horrible because it was freezing outside. No, they actually had a lot of fun. Of uh, my wife likes winter. I just I don't like the cold. I, much make prefer. Now, still- <laughs> I could do that, but that's kind of mean. I want to spend time with the kids. Um, I'm trying to appreciate, I think I have appreciated winter more in the last few years because looking at it as a time to reflect is helpful because that's really a positive thing. I like to reflect. I think it's good to reflect on things. So if I can view winter more that way, then it's better.
1: But it's I still don't like being cold. Well, here's a personal story just because now well, personal fami- family story for you. So, oh, nice. so, you know, uh, I think it was the winter of 78 79 Are you making this up? No, no. Okay, I'm not. just
0: checking.
1: The snowfall was massive, okay? And my family, my grandparents' house, their heater went out. Oh gosh. So, it was cold. So the way they remedied it is The way I would recommend you deal with your cold is you're cold, so go outside, get colder, and when you come back <laughs> inside, it feels so much warmer. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. That w-
0: that would work. It's the oak's way. we got to power through it. <laughs> right, right. You just go outside. It's horribly cold, so by comparison, no, it makes sense. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm actually going to be doing that uh anyway uh back to gifts i just i don't think i have anything else i want to say i think gifts are good i think it's good to give especially your significant other others and your children gifts because it's nice to solidify that relationship and be like yeah i care about you here's a gift um what else do we do as traditions I'm in the place where, like, I'm trying to start traditions because we have a family now. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So they're going to start remembering these these things that we do every year. So, like, we've got the Yule Wreath. And um, we used to do this at my old Kindred. Uh, you, like, get a wreath, an evergreen wreath, and then you let it dry out for like the whole course of Yule. You get it like when Yule starts and you let it dry out of the whole course of Yule and then the very end of Yule, you burn it uh, just because that's cool. And um, we're going to try to do, we're going to try to do that this year. It's sort of like a symbol of the sun because the sun's going to be returning and stuff like that. And you sort of like put your ideas of, you know, maybe the things that you didn't like this year and the things that you want to happen next year better You like think about those and you end up blessing the wreath and and putting those thoughts into the wreath and then you can burn it and sort of see uh, the old year going away and the new year coming out. So we're going to try to do that. We got these cool Swedish goat things too. And I don't know if I'm going to burn those or not, but it's a tradition, I guess, to like put all of, I think the way it goes is you put all your negative thoughts and the bad things that happen in the year. You put all those thoughts into these like straw goats, and then you burn them. Is that and something? All those like all the thoughts go away.
1: A Thor thing?
0: Um, I think so. Yeah my my wife actually knows the story better. She's asleep right now, or I'd ask her. But um, I think it's connected to I think it's connected to Thor, though. Yeah, because he obviously has the goats, and he kills um, his
1: goats and eats them, and they come back the next. He day. does.
0: He does. Yeah. So I I think it's connected to that story somehow. And I guess it's tr- I I guess it's a tradition that they still do in Sweden cuz they've got a bunch of cool traditions like they still do over there, which is neat. I mean, we don't have I feel like in America we don't have these traditions that like span back centuries. I mean, for one thing we haven't been around for that many centuries.
1: Well, you see it, it the <coughs> it becomes like a Christmas thing where a lot of stuff from the kind of Norse tradition did kind Mm -hmm. of make its way into Christianity, at least in the Christmas uh, motifs, like obviously Santa's Odin, that sort of thing. Yeah. But eh, I mean, people still do trees. I think I know Mm -hmm. you did trees for a long time. I think you, probably stop doing that because putting it away stinks (laughs) no i I, i'm i'm doing a tree again because we have kids so
0: yeah it it does stink to put it away but they have a lot of fun decorating it and stuff like that so i am doing a tree again um yeah i think the biggest one that survived and probably will always survive just because it's such a good tradition is the whole gift giving thing because that that was one of the hugest parts about Yule is exchanging gifts with your family. And I mean, everybody all over, everybody still does that. They
1: exchange gifts with their family. Like the only other tradition I can think of is uh, my great grandmother. She would make decorations. Mm -hmm. So we'd have a box that would grow every year of uh, like bulbs Yarn-covered yeah. bulbs with, you know, sparklies and stuff stuck into it. Mm-hmm. And we would get a new one each year. And she never put the year or dates on it that let us remember when, <laughs> when they came. But as far as I know, there's still a big box full of them somewhere.
0: That's kind of cool. We have, I mean, I think we, I can't remember if we did a tree last year or not. We may have done a small tray.
1: I don't remember one.
0: I think we might've done a small tray just to, cause my wife's always been a big fan of the tray. We might've done a small tray just to say, ah, oh, technically we did a tray, but this year we did the regular size tray and they got a bunch of different ornaments that they made. Like my wife had them like collars and stuff and then we laminated it and made it ornaments. They got some ornaments from school, um, daycare, preschool, preschool. Um, so we started out with just like a bunch of red ornaments, which looked nice and like a classy tray. Uh, but now there's like a bunch of like handmade kids ornaments on there, and in and, and it's super cute because like the girls made those ornaments, and we're not going to throw them away when the season is done. We're going to put them we're going to put them away in the ornament box, and I think we may end up having a very similar tradition where the ornament box just keeps getting bigger and bigger with all these different ornaments that they make and i kind of like that because you know when you're 10 or whatever you're going to have an ornament that's well 10 years old from from your first yule that's going to be on the tree and you'll be like oh, i remember when i made this when i was four or i rem- or whatever uh Because we also did ornaments in my family, and we had, like, a million ornaments. Some of the ones we made, some of them were, like, from my great-grandma. And there was, like, a story behind every ornament, and my mom would tell me the story, and I'd get really bored. But I still think it was a good tradition to, like connect the history of your family to all these different ornaments that you're putting on the tray so i do sort of want to do that one that that's one that i feel like most people do it's very familiar and i i want to keep that one going obviously i want to keep gifts going i'd like to get some other cool ones like this goat thing and the wreath thing going so we can have a few traditions that are more unique to our family i think that would be cool if we could have some things that that we do consistently, but maybe everybody else doesn't do, and it'd be cool to have some like also true centric ones, like we do this for you know, whatever reason, and the the reason is something connected to the gods or a moral that we care about or something like that i I like the idea of having traditions um we do cookie decorating for the last couple of years. we've made a gingerbread house, which I thought was a cool tradition because i do it with the kids it teaches them like it, it's just a fun time to like cook with the kids and like create something and then decorate the house and everything else um i haven't done the gingerbread house yet though because everybody got sick uh, yule's not over yet though so i'm hoping to do it this weekend i think that'd be a cool tradition to have too
1: yeah we used to just do sugar cookies yeah we did decorate sugar cookies. Those and uh I, we did a gingerbread house once, but yeah, a lot of baking and cooking was a uh, tradition in the family as mm. well. But I don't do that anymore because, number one, I can't cook. Okay. <laughs> and number two, I don't like to eat a lot of sweets anymore anyway, so. Eh. oh. Yeah,
0: that kind of ruins it. I mean, I still eat way too much sugar, so I like that part. And it doesn't matter how much I eat, the girls will eat all of it. So I'm I'm pretty safe for the food actually getting, getting eaten. Um, I like cooking, though, and I, I just do. I like cooking, so that's one that I may end up making a tradition because I think it'd be fun to cook with the girls and stuff like that. I like the idea of having a whole bunch of traditions, but also it's kind of hard because you're like, well, I already did this once. I know how to do it. I don't want to do it again. Do I really want to make a A gingerbread? Gingerbread houses are hard to
1: make. I don't know. My favorite tradition from you has been your eggnog. I really like your eggnog, sir. Oh, I did make eggnog. Oh, I should make some of that for Monday.
0: I Hmm. I might have to do that. Well, um,
1: I'm not going to say no. <laughs>
0: I do like my eggnog. I, I made it this year and it wasn't nearly as good. So I'm going to mm. go with a different recipe. But yeah, eggnog, that's another tradition that I have. So that, that's a good one. Yeah, I need to definitely remember to make that. I like having these little traditions. I think the best ones are like the ones that your family had. Because then it's like you're carrying on a tradition. Unfortunately, my family didn't have a ton of traditions. We exchange gifts every year. We did always have a tree. So there's that. I guess I'm carrying on the the tree tradition and I'm carrying on the exchange gifts tradition. But we didn't have a lot of like unique to our family traditions, which I kind of wish we had more of those. (coughs) So I'm hoping to give the girls some unique to our family traditions. And they're, they're still little, so it's not too late yet um so anyway traditions are a big part of yule i think we've talked about that enough um the other big part is reflection reflecting on the year that's passed i kind of wanted to go into that a little bit more i really think it's important to reflect on the year that's gone by and like decide what went well what didn't go well what do you want to go different the the next year um it's it's so easy like this day and age where there's so much cool things to do and so much instant gratification to not like think about your past actions and just to be like, you know, go on to the next thing and keep doing the next thing and never really examine your life. And I think Yule is a good time to slow down and be like, well, let me think about what I've actually done this year and let me think about what I didn't do this year, but maybe I wanted to do this year. Um, Yeah, I think that's, that's a really important thing to say. Did you have anything else to say on that? I did not. Okay. Well, reflect on the past. That's a good one. Um, the other thing that I want to mention, obviously, because this is super big in popular culture, but I don't like where it's gone. New Year's resolutions. So it used to be a tradition on 12th night, um, you would swear sacred oaths, generally speaking, to uh Frey um and and you'd swear these o's and then that would be a big deal and you'd actually keep them what i mean by i don't like where it's gone is it's become almost a trope that you make a new year's resolution with no real intention of keeping it you resolve you're like oh next year i'm gonna lose 700 pounds and you You say it, and you'd like it to be true, but you never really follow through with it. You never change your diet. You never start exercising. It's just a thing that you say. New Year's resolutions and pop culture have become a thing that you say with no intention of following through. And I think that's really bad. I think that if you resolve to do something, or even more seriously, if you make an oath to do something, you really have to do it and i think the new year resolution can be very powerful you know you're putting your words in the well you're saying i am going to do this thing and you're you're putting yourself on the line when you do that and that desire to be honorable and stick by your words is something that motivates you to actually get this thing done that you said that you would do and yeah, I just feel like that's kind of been completely lost in this day and age where there's no real expectation. Like if our ancestors were like, oh, I'm going to do this thing in the coming year and then they didn't, people would be like, that's not cool that you said that. They would like bring it up again and be like, why did you say you're going to do that and then not do that? Because it'd be a dishonorable thing to do. But nowadays people are like, yeah, as a New Year's resolution. Of course you failed. So yeah, I, I really like the idea of a new year resolution saying something out loud for the motivation to actually get it done. But I feel like most people don't do it. And honestly, if, if you're in a place where like you want to get a thing done, but you're not really that motivated to actually do it, just, just don't make the resolution in the first place. Don't say you're going to do
1: it and then not do it. It'd be far better to just not say anything at all. Well I mean cuz that the whole point is that you set it out loud to a group of people so that they will help you and encourage you to get something done that you want to get done. Yeah. If you oh, aren't that's really going to if you're not really going to do it or if you think you're going to fail, why would you mention it? It it doesn't fall on them, it falls on you. you it know? does. It does. I I guess from
0: the other perspective though. When people make New Year's resolutions to do a thing and then we see them not doing it, maybe we should call them out sometime. If someone's made a boast like, I'm going to do this thing, it's okay to gently call them out. Be like, hey, so you said you're going to lose 700 pounds. Um, Are you doing that? Did, did you join the gym or whatever? I don't know how you lose weight. Uh, or yeah and ultimately it falls on the person because the person who said they were going to do the thing is responsible for doing the thing it's no one else's responsibility except for theirs but from the other people there it would be nice to sometimes put a reminder and just not be okay with it i don't like the idea that we're okay with people not following through with what they say that they're gonna do i think that's something that like as a society at whole, as a as a society on whole, however you say that, I think we need to get less okay with that. Anyway. um, did you have any thoughts on New Year's resolutions?
1: Well, other than the stuff you brought up, not really. I mean, yes, you should follow through it, it the fact that people are okay. With saying they're going to do stuff. And then don't. That is really weird to me. And it goes on throughout the whole year. And let's just sum it all up. With our New Year's resolution. Where you're not going to follow through with it. Eh. It's it's aggravating and irritating.
0: It is. It is. Um, so that's something that I definitely want. My own friends and family. And, and I feel like. They do. I mean, my kids aren't really old enough to be making boasts and New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. But that's one thing where I definitely want my friends and family to differ from society at large. And I feel like everybody who's ever said they were going to do a thing have a, has actually stuck with that thing. And a lot of times I think that's really positive because sometimes you need that extra motivation, you know, to say the thing out loud and to commit yourself to something to actually turn around and get it done so i think that i i don't want to come across as somebody who's saying well if you're not going to keep your resolution don't make one i mean i that's true if you're not going to keep your resolution don't make one i don't want to come across as sounding like my point here is don't make resolutions because that's not my point my point is make resolutions and then keep them and like in our group of friends In particular, I feel like everybody who either makes a resolution or makes any other type of boast actually sticks with that. And that's one of the things that is why I respect the people I'm with. Talking about the kindred in particular, I respect and like everybody in the kindred because they actually stand by their word when they say it out loud. They're bound by that word.
1: And also the other thing is, yes, you should make honorable boasts and oaths but you should also think through them as well and that's that's really the recommendation uh, at least i would give is to think it through because sometimes there might be an obstacle that you haven't thought of but if you can not give yourself an out so much as give yourself some leeway a little bit yeah
0: yeah because what if something comes up and i know that a lot of times when i boast that i'm going to do something i'll i'll do i i won't necessarily give my ta myself a time frame uh sometimes i will because i need that extra push but a lot of times i'll be like this is a thing i'm going to do i'm not going to say exactly when i'm going to get it done but this is a thing that i'm going to do and that's enough motivation to keep me on the thing but i
1: it got me through my first book i can tell you that i had to say hey i gotta get this published and out uh I guess it was by August, and I did, because otherwise I would have sat on it much longer, because pushing it out into the world was, to me, one of the hardest things. But I had to do it. Right, because you said that you would, and I think
0: that's a great example. And that's a great example where a time frame was actually very important. Um, But yeah, you had that time frame, and I feel like so many other people would be like, I know I said I'd do it, but I'm not going to. And just like, that's the wrong way to do it. But you were able to say, like, I said I was going to do it. I don't have a choice now. And you can look at the lore and see all sorts of examples of people making oaths and boasts and then doing whatever was necessary to achieve them. And I think that, generally speaking, um, they can be a really positive thing but like you said and i want to stress um don't make irresponsible boasts you know don't boast that you're going to write an entire book in a month because that's dumb you can't you you can't get that done i can it will be
1: publishable but i can write a book editing will have to happen
0: (laughs) okay well fair enough but if you said i'm going to publish a book and i'm going to publish a book one month from now and you haven't even started it yet that's probably irresponsible you don't want to give yourself an impossible goal that you can't reach because then what you'd have to do to be honorable is publish a garbage book and who wants to do that at least you have to think you're this is what i said when i was writing a book even if everybody else thinks my book's garbage at least i need to think it's good and I couldn't make a book that was good in a month, so you have to make, like, responsible boasts. I think that is really important. But... Agreed. Anyway, um, that's the big things I wanted to talk about. Yule is nice because, yeah, yeah It it's also, and I guess this will be my last one, the last thing about yule and i guess going back to the winter solstice is it's a time of reflection and all that but it's also a time to like remain hopeful because it's easy to get a little depressed in the winter i know a lot of people have like seasonal depression or whatever the winter is a time when a lot of things aren't alive and it's it's nice to remind yourself that like yeah it's snowing and cold outside everything's dead there's there's not a lot of actions that you can do, but things are going to get better. The wheel will turn again and it will be soon. It, it will soon be summer again when you can do all of those fun summer things. And it's just good to remind yourself that, you know, the cycle is there and the cycle's still going and the sun will come back. So that's good, too.
1: Well, I can say at least Christmas stuck around because uh there wasn't really a holiday for the Christians until they kind of took over yeah. Saturnalia and uh Yule, you know, solstice holidays. So at least we have that going for us. Yeah. So we have something that we can point to the people who aren't uh involved in the Ossetrue thing as something similar.
0: Yeah, that's true. And and I think that holiday worked so well Christmas, borrowing from those other traditions, because we just naturally need a time in our lives to be reflective and gather with family and sort of recharge for the next year. You can't just keep going without ever stopping. Sometimes you need this like pause or this this time to, I guess recharge is a good way to put it. Think about what you've done, think about what you're going to do in the future. And it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the world does it too. You you have this the spring and the summer and the fall, which are very busy and a lot of life is going on and a lot of things are happening. Then you kind of have this resting period. And I think we just need on some subconscious level that resting period. So any holiday that fills that gap, if it's Yule or if it's Christmas, it's going to be a popular holiday because just primordial primordial i can't say that word um on a deep level we need what the holiday represents and i think most people even who are christians when they think about christmas do not first and foremost think about like oh yeah that's the time where we give to charity and we sing songs in church and We talk about the birth of Christ or whatever. Most people think about the things like—and not all people. There's some people who don't. But I think most people think about like, oh, this is a time I spend with my family. This is the time we do traditions. This is the time we exchange gifts. Most people's first thought when they hear Christmas is gifts, which is hardly the most Christian part of it. So yeah, there's the holiday represents things that I think are really important to us on a deep level. And that's why we're always going to have some winter holiday where we get with our families and we exchange gifts because we need that as people. I think we just need that. Anyway, I will do closing thoughts now. Um, Laura, I guess I'll let you go first.
1: Enjoy the winter holiday with your family and friends exchange some gifts and watch the world begin again
0: yeah i think that's good um i'm just going to echo that because that's really good so thank you everyone for listening i hope that you have a happy new year um yeah start some new projects think about what you've done in this last year and start some new projects it should be an exciting new year for everybody so thank you very much for listening i want to remind everyone once again if you want to check out my website you can do that at hugenhoff.org and check out steve's books you can search uh
1: what's the best way steven oaks Stephen on oaks. amazon Yep, that should do it. There's also links on my webpage, which is stephenoaks.com. So you can go there too. And those will be in the show notes. Walk On
0: is the book that he suggests. So you should definitely check that out. My book is Lightbringer by Byron Rogers, which can also be found on Amazon. And it'll also be in the show notes. And if you had any emails to give us, send those to Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you, I would say next year, because then it would be funny because next year is really only like three days away, but this is going out on the first. So that would mean I'd have to stop doing the podcast for a year and I'm not going to do that. So we will see you next month will be the most appropriate thing to say ruining my really old always used (laughs) next year joke but see you next month all right frail Frahel.